thank you for showing up on this beautiful <laughs> rainy Sunday. Deeply appreciate the effort that you've made to get here this morning. Um, it is the kind of day, you know, I just hang out <laughs> at home, <laughs> right? Maybe cuddle up with a good book or something, but that's still time for that. Um, but it is an act of, of generosity to show up. Um, maybe one of the most profound forms of generosity to actually give your presence uh, to others. It's also selfless. Um, it's not just for you. It's to keep Oan alive and well and thriving. You know, we do not have, we don't have a Catholic church to keep us uh, going uh, and to support us when we slip. Um, <clears throat> it's us. That's it, you know. Um, we don't show up here. The teachings don't continue. So it's up to us and uh, it's kind of like a family. We do have six sister temples in this country, one overseas, but each one of them is quite independent, um, not supported by any, any major, you know, hierarchical organization. Each one is self-supporting, and if the Sangha members don't support it, it dies. So this place is here. Uh, it becomes a zendo and a practice place when you show up. Um, and so I really appreciate it, especially at times when I don't really feel like it. Uh, but it's an act of generosity, and it's an act of selflessness, so thank you. Um, more on basics. Um, <clears throat> Today I want to talk a little bit about posture, about um, bowing, prostrations, and about pain, the three Ps. <laughs> when our lineage holder, Kobenchino, uh, in his later years of teaching, he was asked all kinds of questions, and after his talks, and the way he answered those questions in the later years was simply to go over to the person who asked the question and adjust their posture. And in a sense, one could say that the proper posture, the right posture, is the answer to all questions. The right, proper, just right posture is the answer to all questions. Well, posture is more than just the form of your 
sitting on the cushion, although it's, it certainly has a lot to do with your body and your mind. But posture is a way of holding yourself in the world. It's an attitude. It's a way of approaching things. We say, sometimes we say people are posturing, which is, they're taking a certain way of being that is actually insincere. It's, you know, I'm pretending to be a Dharma teacher. I've got this posture that I'm, and and it doesn't feel like a, a posture that's authentic or genuine. It's a very superficial way of presenting yourself. So a posture is, um, in our practice, we call our posture upright. That is, it's not rigid, nor is it sloppy. It's dignified. It's present. It's the word that keeps coming to me is, it's sincere. It's a sense of being present in a sincere way. That is, you're bringing yourself into the world, into relationships, with a sense of being, as Coben said in our introductory reading, just the way you are at any particular moment in time. There's no real, authentic me somehow sitting in here. There's me right now, how, how I am right now in relation to you, in relation to the world. So to be genuine is to be present in the moment, to be fully there, to inhabit the present moment. So we also say that we sit with ease, as opposed to sitting in a very tense way, that we have to fulfill a form. Look, I always say very soft, everything's soft, right? And just, it's okay. I'm here. I'm just exactly the way I need to be. There's no ought, no should. Uh, I'm comfortable in my own skin and I'm available to you. So there's a kind of ease in sitting. And sometimes if you see people sitting too rigidly, um, there's a kind of posturing going on there. There's an attempt to be something that you're not. So there's a wonderful balance between effort, because we, this is a kind of unusual way of sitting, isn't it? No, it's, we're taking a very particular way of sitting down. <clears throat> so there's some effort involved. So there's a, a balance between effort and ease. This is very much a Zen kind of a thing. You know? Can we strike that, that nice, just right balance between I'm here 
And yet, okay, you know, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing. But I'm making just enough effort to be upright, to be, to be here. So the spine is important, to be aware of the spine. And maybe in terms of the physical posture, the spine is, is the most important or the, an important element in our sitting so that the spine is straight and upright, but also maintaining a nice curve, a natural curve. We say our sitting is natural, even though it's unusual. It, 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 this base, a stability of base, where your knees, in whatever position you're in, your knees are touching the zabutan, that is connecting with the earth. So you have a stable base, you feel grounded. So you can lift, you can lift and, and feel that upright energy. And then of course the mudra, uh, the hand position, which is also kind of unusual. You kind of walk around like this. Uh, in life. It's very odd that you would ever really take take this position. <clears throat> but again, it's this cosmic mudra, which keeps all of the energy, the life force flowing. There's no break in the energy flow. So if you sit like this, there is a break in the energy. The energy flows out from your, from your hands. But here, there's no break. It just circulates like a cosmos. That's why they call it the cosmic mudra. And I was hoping that one could feel, uh, as we were sitting today, that energy flow in the body. Uh, that our sitting is dynamic. It's not static. So the point is not to remain absolutely still. The point is to be actively stable. So, so if you feel dead on your cushion, that's not Zen. If you're just sitting there and, oh, I just have to be absolutely still, that is not dynamic life. That is stone. That is uh, petrified wood. That is not Zen. Zen is a dynamic, acti active, that's why some people when they've sat for a while, they're sweating. They're sweating because they're alive. So it's not about relaxation. It's, it's about really being, being here, being all, all cylinders are firing. And yes, there's a peacefulness about it, but it's not the peace of death. <laughs> it's not the peace of death, of just shutting down. It's the peace of dynamic balance, of full presence. And you'll get this more and more as, as you practice. So, 
So there is posture of the body, and there's also a posture of the mind. And there, you know, is a connection between the body and the mind. We're all aware of that, yes? yes. So when the body takes a posture, it affects the mind, and it's connected. And we also have a posture in the world which is a psychic posture, a psychological posture, a mental posture, or the way we treat the world, the way we approach things in the world. So sometimes our minds are just, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just tolerating my life. You know, I'm, I'm just here, I'm just, uh, I'm just tense and, and alert and vigilant. And that's my posture. I'm kind of always, I'm always looking out for a threat or, you know, that, that's one way of approaching. It's a posture in the world. And you can feel, some, we sometimes call it defensive. People who are, we are, defensive, where always our posture is, oh, always like we're looking out for something to attack us or something to threaten us. Or our posture can be, our psychological or mental posture can be um, one of like twiddling your thumbs, (laughs) boredom, like, you know, I've Nothing really captures my interest, my attention. Uh, you know, life is just one set of boring, ac- you know, ac- experiences after another. You know, people go around. It's, it's the kind of person you don't really like to be with very much, because nothing interests them, nothing excites them. They're not. They're not engaged. They're just kind of zombies. Um, and then, of course, there's the posture of someone who's always on the attack. You know, who's always looking for a fight. You know, for an argument. These are all different ways of taking a posture in the world. <clears throat> Some of us. Um, go around in a kind of smug way, you know, like we're entitled, um, you know, kind of a prideful posture in the world. You know, I'm, I'm above this. Um, you know, like Coben was saying in, in Japan, this, this practice was only for monastics, you know, other people, you know, are just not, not ready for it. <clears throat> Lots of different postures, a person who is always dreaming, uh, you know, sometimes bright-siding everything, someone you know you can't, you can't complain to <laughs> because they are just, they will not hear No, no, everything is wonderful in the posture of the world. Everything is beautiful. So you see, there's 
there, there are many ways of assuming a posture. And our posture in Zen practice is the posture of openness, of availability, of alertness. Not of vigilance, but of, yeah, okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Uh, I, I'm here, I'm, I'm present. What's going on? And how, 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 how can I get involved, you know? What's needed of me? Um, so it's the bodhisattva posture. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available to my life. I'm available to you. I'm here. So it's, I'm ready to meet, I'm ready to meet whatever comes. It's, it's not even so much acceptance although we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about bowing. It's about, I'm ready to meet you. I'm ready to meet whatever arises. And I have confidence that I can meet it. That I can meet it. Because I'm present, and I get clear, and I see what's needed, and I'm in there. I'm with it. I'm with it. Maybe that's a good way, you know, just that slang. Get with it. Um, and that's our posture. We get with it. We can meet it. And when we sit on our cushion, we meet whatever arises. That's shikantaza. Just keep meeting it. A thought arises, we meet it. A sensation arises, we meet it. We just keep meeting life as it presents itself to us. And we have confidence that, oh yeah, we'll make mistakes, but we'll meet that too. We can meet it all. Suzuki Roshi said that the state of mind that exists when you sit in the right posture, the state of mind that exists when you sit in the right posture is itself enlightenment. That's it. To take your place, to feel, to be upright and to be present, to be open and available, that's it. That's what it means to be fully realized as a human being not as a god, but as a human, to take your place, to be here, to be available, to be open to what arises, whatever it is, to be engaged with life. That's enlightenment, to be aware. Buddha means the awakened one, person who's awake, who's who's aware, who's not in a zombie state, who's not in a trance. Walking through life in a, in a trance. And you say, hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm back. That's enlightenment. That's the moment of enlightenment, when you come back to being here. And you can tell when people are 
<laughs> drifting. Even when you're drifting, I can see some of you are drifting already. <laughs> and then they say, hello. <laughs> oh, okay, where was I? <laughs> yeah. So the more you can be present, and the more you find yourself, I'm drifting, okay, I'm back. <laughs> That's the moment of enlightenment, exactly that. And the more you're present, the more your life is filled with uh, true awareness. You don't miss your life. You don't miss what's actually happening in front of you. So often when we sit and we have a body and we have a mind, and as long as we have a body and mind, we're going to feel pain, period, full stop. <laughs> we are going to feel pain. Pain is an interesting word. Pain is fundamentally a sensation, right? We feel something and we say that's painful. But what makes it painful? It's a sensation. I'm now feeling one of my feet is starting to go numb. Or, or I feel pins and needles in my foot. It's painful. Or when you're sitting and your back starts aching. Or your neck. This is a Wow, that's painful. And the first thing we want to do, of course, is what? Get rid of it. <laughs> and you know, we're educated culturally. Pain is not good. Pain is not good. What's wrong with it? You have a body, you're going to be you're going to have pain. You have a mind, it's, you have emotions, some of those is, are going to be painful. But what does that mean? They're just sensations. They're just, even an emotion is just a sensation in your body. This is what you begin to learn when you're sitting on your cushion. I'm feeling pin... I call it pins and needles. I'm feeling sensations in my knee. Okay. This idea of meeting, meeting life. Oh, pins and needles in my knee. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> but then I suddenly say, pain. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got to move. I got to get rid of this. I'm feeling the same, same sensation, emotional sensation. I'm feeling uh, anxious. I'm feeling sorrow. I'm feeling depressed. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I gotta do something about this. It's just a sensation. Why do we have to do something about it? 
why can't we just meet it? I'm having this sensation of my heart. My heart is feels sore. Or my energy is just, I have no energy. But I call that depression. Ah, what's depression? Or what's pain? When you sit, you may discover that Pain is not (laughs) this sort of solid mass of misery. Like, I am depressed. This is like a solid mass of depression that I have. Or this is, this is a solid pain here. That it's here. It's right here, (laughs) and it's a solid thing, and it's painful, and I have to change my position. Or I have this this clutching feeling in my heart, and I've got to go take something. I've got to, I've got to do something about this. Why? If we investigated this, if we investigate these sensations, say this pain here, and I invite you to do this when you're sitting, and, uh, and otherwise. Um, if you investigate this, you will discover that there is no solid mass of pain there. It's just an impermanent flow of sensations. There will be a certain sensation that feels like stinging, and then that'll go away. And then you'll feel nothing. And then you'll feel another sensation of stinging, and maybe it'll be different from the first sensation. Or then maybe it'll feel like burning, and then the burning will go away. And there'll be spaces between the sensations. And it'll flow. So suddenly this solid mass of misery will begin to have spaces in it. That, yeah, I mean, it's not this thing that I have to get rid of. It's actually spacious enough to kind of just keep changing. And... At some point, it'll change to my getting up <laughs> from my cushion. Similarly, this pain that we have in our emotional pain, and I have to keep remembering Shulong, I'll never forget this, um, and she was describing her, a fight that she was having with her boyfriend, and she said she was so incredibly angry but she was also not angry. <laughs> there was anger and there was not anger simultaneously. There, there was like a space which she realized she's just posturing. <laughs> you know, she's, she's, just, um, she's just acting angrily, but there's a part of her that isn't angry. And that's the part that we get in touch with 
the emptiness of these sensations, the emptiness, that the lack of solidness to anything that we're experiencing, including our very being, that this is not a solid mass. <laughs> this is a dynamic flow of impermanence. And that is really hard to get in touch with, but we can maybe get in touch with that when we're sitting. And so what is really causing this pain, if we investigate it carefully, is our fear. Somehow we think that these emotional states or these physical states are something threatening, are something dangerous. And we're afraid. We're afraid of our own bodies. And we're constantly trying to make them some, you know, some ideal of what we should be, you know, capitalism helps us with this. You know, of all the things that we can buy and do that make, make us pain-free, completely emotionally happy, you know, blissful 24 hours a day. So we got a lot of help in being afraid of the things that happen in our bodies and in our spirits and in our emotions. We get a lot of help being afraid of those things. And that's part of our practice to discover that what we're feeling, what we're reacting to when we feel pain is not the sensation, but the fear. The fear that arises from the sensation. I'm not feeling happy today. I'm feeling angry. Oh. You know, don't feel angry. You know, smile. Look at the bright side. You know, I want to investigate this. Why should I be afraid of my anger? I didn't take care of my anger. Meet it. Meet it. Be with it. So this is our practice, and so sometimes we actually call it pain practice because. What do we usually run away from and what makes us suffer, which is what Buddha was about, relief of suffering. What makes us suffer is this pain that we're afraid of. So the courage, the spiritual courage, is to meet the pain. And this is called pain practice. And if we can meet the pain on our cushions and not be pushed around by it, perhaps we can meet the pain in our lives. Meet it and be with it and see clearly into it and respond appropriately so that we don't have to keep running away from pain. Because we can't. As long as we have a body, as long as we have a mind, 
we are going to have pain. So do you want to be running away from it all the time, which is impossible, and then cause unnecessary suffering? That is unnecessary suffering. Then that's your life. But it could be different. It could be a life which doesn't suffer unnecessarily. Sometimes we call it in Zen the second arrow. First arrow is the pain. The second arrow is the fear of the pain and the running away from the pain. So just pull the first arrow out temporarily and go about your business. Okay. Bowing. We could say that one of the things we bow to is our pain. We bow in recognition. Yes. We bow because we see it. When we meet somebody, typically in our in our sangha and maybe even out with other people, we bow. We bow to each other. I see you. I see you. I think there was, um, you know, in, in American culture, there's a handshake when you meet somebody. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the handshake was an act of showing that you didn't have a gun that, that you, your hands were free of weapons. And so that was a friendly gesture to shake somebody's hand saying, I don't have, I don't have a weapon. And in, in a way, when we bow, we're kind of saying that, you know, I'm, I'm available, I'm here, uh, I honor you. Um, so it's not, it's, it's something different from greeting somebody with a, with a handshake, which is like, I'm not a threat. But more than that, I, I see your Buddha nature. I, I honor you. Um, so when we're bowing, we're kind of renouncing control. We are... Sometimes I like to think of this as, um, and, and you'll, you'll discover what it means for you or not, uh, but I think of it as just lowering this head, this ego, and raising the heart. So you, you, you're bowing, the head goes down, and the heart comes up. Head goes down, heart comes up. This mast of the ego is, and some people have a really hard time bowing. People will not want to bow because it reminds them of other kinds of religion where they're they're prostrating and they're you know they have they have to worship something higher than themselves. But we're not bowing to a transcendent being. We are bowing to all beings, 
to all beings everywhere and just meeting the earth with our, with our foreheads in a completely um, letting go activity. So I use the word sincere. Can your bow be sincere instead of just uh, like formal? Can you really feel like when I, I noticed <laughs> that when I was doing full prostrations, I was reluctant to put my full forehead down on the mat because I was afraid I would mess up my hair. And so I was just going like a quarter of an inch, <laughs> a quarter of an inch before my head touched the mat. Get down there. <laughs> Get down there. And my I've learned something about and this is nobody taught me this. I you know, I just discovered it um, because I was practicing bowing. And in the practice I discovered how I was withholding my full sincere letting go of myself. And it, it reminded me of, I was, I was at a stoplight in Belfont one day, and I happened to see this little girl um, standing on the top of a, a concrete wall, and her father, it must have been her father, was, um, about a few feet uh, from her and he was going like this and she was standing there you know ready you know and she, yeah, thinking she's going to jump you know and she finally did she just like jumped into her father's arms and I thought that's a bow <laughs> that's a bow it's just going there, you know, just doing it. Sincerely, I'm giving myself to this contact with the earth where we arose and where we're going to return. <laughs> right? And when Suzuki Roshi came to this country from Japan, he noticed that instead of three bows, that he wanted his Sangha to do nine bows. Why? Because Americans don't like to bow. And so in Japan, three bows is enough, but in America, no, <laughs> nine. Because <laughs> it takes nine, <laughs> at least, before you me bow? I'm not bowing to anybody. <laughs> so nine, nine bows. So we do nine bows. At least I do nine bows. Sometimes we do 108 bows. I'm not going to inflict that on you. <laughs> and I was able to do that a few years ago. I don't know whether I can do 108, but usually that's done uh, New Year's. 
commemorating Buddha's enlightenment. 108 bows, one after the other. <clears throat> so, touching the earth, I want to um, end with a kind of um, something that may be a little too serious. But um, there is a sense in which bowing can be an acceptance of our mortality. That we are going to return to the earth. We are part of the earth. We, we, we are connected with the earth and we're going to wind up there in some form. We, I mean, we already are, but in some literal sense we are. And this is from one of my favorite authors, Wendell Berry. Anybody heard of Wendell Berry? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is from his poem, The Wish to be Generous. All that I serve will die. All my delights, the flesh kindled from my flesh, garden and field, the silent lilies standing in the woods, the woods, the hill, the whole earth, all will burn in man's evil or dwindle in its own age. Let the world bring on me the sleep of darkness without stars, so I may know my little light taken from me into the seed of the beginning and the end, so I may bow to mystery and take my stand on the earth posture, I mean, that, he didn't say posture. <laughs> and take my stand on the earth like a tree in a field, passing without haste or regret toward what will be my life, a patient, willing descent into the grass. So that I may bow to mystery and take my stand on the earth like a tree in a field, passing without haste or regret toward what will be my life, a patient, willing descent into the grass. <laughs>